Hello and welcome to Crack Encrypteds and Curios. This is Matt, once again, joined by Angel. Now, Angel, you informed me that one of the things you focused on during our mini break from the show was to try and reconnect with your younger self, to re- revisit an older hobby of yours in an effort to feel young once again. You rekindled your love for geocaching, which, if our curiosities have never heard, is an outdoor recreational activity in which participants use a global positioning system receiver or mobile device and other navigational techniques to hide and seek containers called geocaches or caches at specific locations marked by coordinates all over the world. The containers then hold various items or a logbook you can sign and put back inside when you are done and move on to the next cache. Geocaching was a huge part of your life back in the mid-2000s and probably peaked in 2011. But of course, your angel, you did it quite differently than others. Normally, in geocaching, you locate the cache outside somewhere relatively easy to get to in a safe manner. You quickly got bored with that and devised a subgenre called dilapidated geocaching in which you only geocache within buildings that are nearly falling apart, pretty much an amalgamation of urban exploration and geocaching. The generally accepted rules to geocaching are to not endanger others, to minimize the impact on nature, to respect private property, and to avoid public alarm. Why did you decide to throw the rules completely out the window and do dilapidated geocaching? Counterculture. Yeah? That's right. I don't want to follow the rules. That's you in a nutshell? (laughs) I don't want to follow the rules. Oh, be nice to the environment. No, 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 no. None of that. We're going to break things. We're going to break things. We're going to hurt animals. We're going to hurt people. You're going to hurt people and animals? (laughs) That's right. If you're in the dilapidated building when Angel walks in, you watch out. You're getting punched in the nose. Yep. And then he's going to take your stuff and put it in a geocache. Yeah, I might even set traps in there. (laughs) To prevent others from getting your treasures. So, in your explorations, what has been the most interesting treasure you found in a dilapidated building? A thumb. And you weren't the one that severed it? Well... I realized I had been there before. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't remember. One of your traps went off. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait, didn't I place this here? But yeah, I, I need to take better notes. Mm-hmm. You could, you could walk into your own traps. <laughs> Is there a favorite type of dilapidated building you like to go into? The moldy kind. <laughs> it's mold your friend no not at all it's actually pretty bad makes it hard to breathe but it, that's the thrill the rush i get you know oh <laughs> you like the danger of mold yeah. that's where you get your kicks <laughs> going in moldy buildings <laughs> yeah <laughs> just just Seriously. thinking about it gets me giddy <laughs> you get hyped up you're like uh, there could be at least seven types of mold in this abandoned asylum. <laughs> and mycotoxins. <laughs> and stagnated water. <laughs> now, geocaching is sometimes criticized as there are people that consider it littering. This 
prompted the community to enact the cash-in, trash-out etiquette, where if a casher finds any trash in their adventures, they clean it up and properly dispose of it. Your section of the community, however, known as dilapidators, have been known to actually dump more garbage in the dilapidated buildings. How has this become a thing, and how do you think it should be addressed in the community? What, dumping trash? How has that become a <laughs> thing? Yeah. Well, how how did dumping more trash into the buildings become a thing? Well, because I mean, and do you see it as a problem? No, I don't see it as a problem because what is trash? I mean, you have to define like if is it is it a used up tissue? Is that trash? What about if it's a clean tissue? That's not trash. So you have to decide how how you can use this thing. Some mm-hmm. some you know it's the old cliche as uh, one man's tr- uh, trash is yeah. another's treasure. Yeah. It's, it's exactly that. I mean, there's some in the community, though, that are literally bringing their kitchen trash into the building and marking it as a cash. You don't see that as a problem? I take it. <laughs> you just take the garbage? That's right. I make biofuels. For what? For the next cash drop. Do you have to fuel them? No, I. That's the 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 cash. The fuel is the oh, cash. You're, you're just giving out garbage fuel. Well, it's not garbage fuel because I light it up and then I leave it there. So the next person has to find it before it gets used up completely. <laughs> before it burns out. Of course, it's in a precarious location. It might even catch the building on fire. <laughs> Now destroy the buildings. You're lighting up fuel caches in like an abandoned hospital. <laughs> well. Sometimes there's a win, and you might find an, uh, an old gas tank that still has some gas in it. Just light it up. <laughs> what harm could be done, right? Man, you you dilapidators are a messed up bunch. Well, thank you for sharing this interest of yours and who knows angel it just may happen that that one day you are scouring the dilapidated ruins of a building somewhere and you encounter today's entity black-eyed children of course angel i am not speaking of the results of the 100 percent hypothetical fighting arena that you are certainly not a part of where you bare knuckle fight five children at a time black-eyed children within the context of today's entity are something seemingly otherworldly or paranormal for those of our curiosities that have never heard of black-eyed children can you give us a description of what black-eyed children can look like well black-eyed children typically appear in a group and tend to be either childlike or teenage and are described as having pale skin and Pitch black eyes like a shark. They're shark people. <laughs> yes. What do you think the purpose of having an entirely black eye would be? Well, for me, it would be it would obscure who I'm looking at. So you could you could just give the entire room an ocular pat down, and <laughs> nobody would know who you're looking at. That's right. It's a safety feature. <laughs> it protects the the seer. <laughs> Anything else? Could use it as a reflective surface surface for somebody else to <laughs> let me look into your black void of an eye so I can 
see what's behind me. I freaking fix my hair is out of place. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm, it's helpful. Hair is coming out of your nose. You need to take care of. Is is this some sort of evolutionary advantage that we don't understand? Possibly. Well, I think we have to look into the shark, and <laughs> and ask ourselves why does the shark have a, a pitch black eyes? Science shows us that yes, evolutionary speaking, it is advantageous. And they evolved to that millions of years ago. <laughs> yep, they came to that conclusion. Trying to look at this objectively, though, what do you think would cause all black eyes in these supposedly human children? Besides the hypothetical arena where I fight five children? <laughs> just, you know, slugging them in the face. <laughs> I would think, well, possibly being born without any iris and your pupil just takes over your entire eye <laughs> to take in oh all God. the light it can get. I feel like that would hurt. <laughs> I feel like that would be very painful. That's, and I don't think you... Would you be able to see anything? I don't know. I, I think that's why the, these children... Uh, I think they're described to be seen mostly at night. Or in nighttime. Uh, to keep their eyesight from from hurting. Mm-hmm. I think you cracked the case. I mean, <laughs> show's over. <laughs> just pack it up. Let's go home. <laughs> mm-hmm. why, why don't we just go ahead and, and jump into the deep end here, Angel. Jump with the sharks. Or else, by the time we get to the end of this episode, these black-eyed children will be old enough to graduate high school and be well on their way to become black-eyed adults. Are you ready? Was Pocahontas captured and held for ransom by the colonists throughout hostilities in 1613? <laughs> then she married John Wolfe. <laughs> Thankfully, our show's AI, known as Pliny the Digital, informed us in a previous episode of the witch Raph, who is combating the great darkness in the voids of space with the mind wand upon more discussion with Pliny. It has been discovered that the witch Raph also graced us with another weapon to keep the great darkness at bay. That of cotton eye Joe's razor, the axiom that states for black eyed children to have come from somewhere. They must therefore go somewhere. So where did black eyed children come from? Angel, in my investigations, I came across a show called Monsters and Mysteries in America, which you can watch on Discovery Plus. Episode 4 in Season 1, which is titled Badlands, features a story from Brian Bethel, a journalist in Abilene, Texas, who retells his encounter from 1996, which is generally considered the first reported encounter with black-eyed children. I did see some other alleged encounters during the 80s, from the UK, but to to me that sounded, it just seemed different, more of a, a ghostly encounter, not what we would today consider the typical black-eyed children encounter, so I didn't really cover any of the UK stuff going on. It seemed more ghostly than what's going on in America. Now, before we dig into his retelling of the story, Angel, this gives me those frogman vibes where a businessman encountered the entity and it was just perceived that since he was a businessman, his story was more believable. We know that Brian is a journalist. Now, at the time, possibly may not have been a journalist yet, but he eventually became one. As we have seen, employment is apparently a major factor in anecdotal evidence. Where does journalists fall in the hierarchy of I can believe you based on your employment. I think it's higher than businessman because oh, <laughs> you expect journalists to tell the truth. 
How about newspaper editor? Ooh, that's even better. <laughs> like um, because they got to correct the the journalists. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but then, aren't they a businessman? Or I guess they they specific... are underneath the bit the <laughs> the newspaper owner is the businessman. Yeah. <laughs> what are your top four most believable occupations out there? We have we have grown as people since the last time we did this very same list. So I wonder what will change. As in for this list, no matter what insane encounter a person had, if they were in a specific occupation, you would be like, oh yeah, bruh. I believe you no matter what. Well, as I'm thinking of it right now on the fly, not pre-written, I believe <laughs> our first one would be an endocrinologist. Is that like a skin doctor? <laughs> That's a doctor that deals with the endocrine system, hormones and oh, and all that stuff. Hormones. <laughs> Why would an endocrinologist lie about anything? I don't know what. So it means it's a good one having a list. <laughs> yep. The next on the list is a military jet refueler pilot. That's Wait, a refueler pilot? Yeah, oh, that's not the, the one that flies the plane. <laughs> He's the one that flies the plane to refuel the other plane that's in the air. I mean, I trust him. You gotta. <laughs> As he's refueling, he sees 17 UFOs in the horizon. <laughs> I believe him. The next one on the list, and hold your, hold your applause, is a chick sexer. That is... That is... Hold the, your applause. <laughs> that is a person, for those who don't know, that is a person who, who determines the sex of the chickens. Of the baby chicks that are born. I believe him. I mean, think about it. If he t- if he tells me if the guy if the guy or the woman tells me oh, this chick is is a male, <laughs> and it turns out to be a, a female, I'm like, where's my rooster? I'd I'd get mad. I'd be livid. I'd fi- have mm-hmm. him fired. So you'd bare knuckle fight him. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And top of the list of the most believable occupation. Is the host of a podcast. <laughs> I mean, they tell no lies. <laughs> Not at all. They have no agendas. <laughs> None that I know about. You can believe me. Because I'm a host of a podcast. <laughs> so, well, with that in mind, let us see how this encounter all went down. Brian says that he has no good explanation to what happened and describes it as one of the most frightening things to have happened in his life. This entire encounter occurs in a parking lot as he was on his way to pay a bill. Back in the old days of having to go to a place to make a payment of your bills, Angel, with his head down and focused on writing a check, a check, Angel, he hears a knock on his car window. That rapping upon his door came in the form of two children between the ages of 9 and 13 with hoodies pulled up over their heads. What, in your opinion, Angel, would the children be dressed as to be even scarier than just hoodies? Cargo pants. (laughs) On their head? (laughs) They got got covered in giant cargo pants? (laughs) Covered in pockets. (laughs) That's the the pocket boys. (laughs) 
pocket boys. What would be in their pockets? Oh, that's that's the problem. You don't know. They can carry all kinds of stuff. Dangerous, scary stuff. Sand. They throw sand in your eyes and <laughs> run away. You, I don't think you can ever... If you were in the, alive in the 90s, an adult, you would never be able to run a, into a young boy that didn't have sand in his pockets. <laughs> I mean, it's where you keep it. <laughs> the 90s were a wild time. And, and you know what? I believe you because you're a podcaster. I I found a web archive of the story from Brian that was put on a site back in 99 that included some extra details about what these two children looked like that was not included in the Monsters and Mysteries episode interview. Brian wrote, Boy number one was slightly taller than his companion, wearing a pullover hooded shirt with a sort of gray checked pattern and jeans. I couldn't see his shoes. His skin was olive colored and had curly medium length brown hair. He exuded an air of quiet confidence. Boy number two had pale skin with a trace of freckles. His primary characteristic seemed to be looking around nervously. He was dressed in a similar manner to his companion, but his pullover was a light green color. His hair was a sort of pale orange. Would anything of this description be off-putting to you? In the past, I've always heard olive-colored skin as a description for something. But now, knowing better, knowing what I know now, olive-colored skin to me is like a green child. (laughs) And And the other one was pale. I mean... But he's were they from St. Martin's Land? And he's wearing green a green hoodie. I'm thinking these kids are eating beans, and I don't want nothing to do with them. And they're damn sickly raw beans. Mm-hmm. They just came out of the wolf pit <laughs> in Texas. Before we we move on, put yourself in the shoes of Brian. You just drove across town to write a check for your internet service provider, and two kids knock on your window. What do you do next? Well, I certainly don't roll down my window because... Especially when they're, they're green and pale. <laughs> green and pale. They saw me writing a check. They probably want to steal it from me and think because they're dumb young. Take they, your checkbook. They think they could deposit it themselves. <laughs> I mean, clearly the bank's not going to let them, but I'm not going to let them take it from me. I'm going to have to rip up another check from the checkbook. And, you know, those things cost money. Uh-huh. You're going to have to write void on that one all over the front of it. Void. Yep. And then they get a whole new booklet. It's like 30 bucks. <laughs> My God. It's, uh, it's a scam. <laughs> now, put yourself in the shoes of the children. You see a man writing a check in his car. What do you do? Well, I'm with my with my bros, right? I got a crew here. <laughs> Bruh. My bros. And I'm like, hey, that guy's writing a check. He's probably got money. Let's see if we can get some money out of him. And that's that. <laughs> they knock on the window and, and, and see put your hood up. up. Yeah. We, we'll look more intimidated if we put our hood up. Wait, so you, your first thing to do is try to rob a guy? When no, you're a no. Child. I didn't say anything about robbing. I said we could see if we can somehow get money from him. You know, manipulate. But you want to look intimidating? <laughs> listen. <laughs> listen. Back in the day, me and my cousin, we used to have our own little hoodies, right? And when we put up our hoods, we would say, we're now in the hood. That was the thing we did. 
You two were, were thugs. <laughs> Not thugs. Straight up. Straight up. Delinquents. <laughs> at least that's what the lady said when she drove by yelling at us. <laughs> Pushed you off your bicycles. <laughs> All true stories. Get out of here, delinquent. <laughs> old woman, she's driving and writing her check. <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta go. Pay for my overdue library books. <laughs> you delinquents with my check. Gotta pay the library fees for the late books. At 95 cents, do I better write a check? It's 1992. As Brian rolls the window down and asks if he can help them, the older of the pair of boys ask him to drive them to their mother's house. And Brian describes that the child had a very smooth aura about him and spoke with an almost too smooth diction you would not have expected from a child. He was gripped by a primal fear, and that was a direct quote from him, a primal fear, and his brain triggered the flight response almost immediately. In a nearly trembling state, Brian claims the older child must have realized that he was scared of them and began to reassure him that they were not a threat. I believe the child even said, Come on, mister, we're just kids. We don't have a gun. Unconsciously, Brian's hand had strayed towards the door handle, seemingly going to unlock the door. When he realized what was going on, that he was almost being hypnotized, he pulled his hand away from the door, which caused the older of the two children to lash out in anger, yelling at him, we can't come in unless you tell us it's okay. It is at this moment Brian sees their eyes, which he describes as coal black soulless orbs. No iris, no sclera, just one black void. They are like shards of night. What do you make of this interaction, Angel? I think Brian has a, a wild imagination. <laughs> Uh, the word you said the words primal fear and that triggered a memory of mine of a movie called Primal Primal Fear starring Richard Gere and uh, Edward Norton and it turns out that movie was released in 1996. <laughs> Is this a chupacabra um like scenario where species like <laughs> impacted the world and this woman says it's it's the thing from species. <laughs> well, I would I would no, uh, I want it to be yes, but I don't think the movie's about black-eyed children, so. <laughs> Gotta watch it. But it Richard is. Richard Gears of War. It is about people that lie. That's right, Brian. I'm calling you out. <laughs> he, was, he was so influenced by the movie, he just, he just started lying. It was his first lie he ever told because of that movie. <laughs> Upon upon seeing the eyes, he sped away from the children. He peeled out of the out of the parking lot, and looking in his rearview mirror, the children were no longer there, almost as if the children had vanished. Now we got hypnotizing, possibly teleporting kids. Was Brian's fleeing the parking lot the proper action to take, in your opinion? It's actually uh, all very logical to me. Um, these kids especially smooth-talking Diction Boy, is uh, clearly finished reading a book on hypnotism, tried to hypnotize Brian, and Brian just snapped out of the trance real quick, and he says, I got to get out of here. So this is all, to me, just seems like, yeah, these kids were 
inept at hypnotizing, uh, amateur, if you will, still learning the ropes and the tricks of the trade of how to hypnotize. You're in your car writing a check, and two <laughs> children come up at 9 o'clock at night and attempt to hypnotize you. For what means? Wait, was this 9 o'clock at night? Yeah. What bank is open that late? No, he was he was trying to pay his internet service provider. Oh, He's going right. to drop it off at the Dropbox. Oh, the Dropbox. So, mm-hmm. so these kids appear at night, and they and he's writing a check. Maybe they succeeded in what they wanted to do. After all, they got him to uh, not pay his internet. <laughs> Maybe that's what they were Why? planning. <laughs> because it's going to be a domino effect. There's cascades. He doesn't pay. He's like, oh no, I'm late because yesterday was the last day. I got to do it the next day, but he can't because they're closed because it's a Sunday. And then he loses internet. And then he's 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 lost contact. <laughs> With the outside world. He doesn't have his internet anymore. He, he Cell phones are not a thing. He has a landline. But who does he need to call? I mean, his mother, his, his girlfriend or wife, or other lover. So <laughs> that's, that's why he had the, the 56K modem. He was online so that nobody, no incoming calls could come. So he was avoiding everybody. Exactly. There's a, a lot of people don't know about this. Well, I mean, the people that did know about it, but when you had, there's a, a certain, um, when you would connect online, it would dial, the modem would dial a, a, some sort of phone number. If there's a, there's a specific, um, uh, number that you would add before that number, the phone number, so that incoming calls don't disconnect you. So you could just stay online and, and it's like, that's it. Nobody can bother me. So these kids effectively uh, took away his internet. And now their real plan was to begin, but it looks like he has survived and they did not yep. succeed. It, it, yeah. <laughs> what, what a devious plot. <laughs> Here is one amazing detail, Angel, that Brian included in his write-up of the encounter that was not included in the TV show interview. So, in the show, it's described that he parked near the marquee of a movie theater so that there was enough light to be able to even write his check. The boys initially asked if they could have a ride to their mom's house to get money to see a movie. Any guess as to what movie they wanted to see in 1996 at a discount theater? I want to say Primal Fear, (laughs) but I also see that Biodome came out in 96. I think that's more likely for kids to go see than a Richard Gere movie. (laughs) Well, you would think that, but... What they would do is, at least uh, Brian's description was just two kids. So they would just uh, wear a trench coat, stand on top of each other, and pretend to be an adult. (laughs) Get one ticket. Yep. (laughs) It's either that or Happy Gilmore. Mm -hmm. Possibility. And you mentioned Biodome. There is a subplot in that movie that is not talked about enough of a... uh, a clown like assassinating people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> in the news and i want to know more about it i believe didn't we uncover like it was like a, a parallel to the jfk assassination JFK assassination yeah yep. <laughs> y'all, y'all need to watch biodome and watch out for that killer clown mm-hmm. and then Even there's a the explosion near the end probably related somehow we have to we have to get paulie shore on the show <laughs> <laughs> need explanations yep we need answers. <laughs> the the movie 
that the children were trying to see Angel. Mortal Kombat. Did you ever expect the Mortal Kombat movie would be attached to a paranormal encounter, April? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I, I saw Mortal Kombat in the theaters. And I think I did too. <laughs> I, I, I didn't coerce a man to give me money for it. I think he said, I think Brian said the movie theater was $1.50 for tickets. These kids wanted to go back home to get $3 from their mother um, to come back. And he also uh, wrote in it, um, he was like, well, this is odd. The final showing of Mortal Kombat had already started. So these children wanted to go home, get money to come back and see the movie. By the time they got back, the movie would have pretty much been over. Probably been in the third act where Johnny Cage is fighting Goro. <laughs> and he's like, this this doesn't make sense. Does that make sense to you? What doesn't make sense is why would Brian pass up the chance to let these kids experience this wonderful film? <laughs> experience Mortal Kombat. Christopher Lambert. It doesn't matter if the movie's ending. Let them see it. I'm sure there there was a second showing and they could stay behind. Back in those days, nobody really checked the theater. They just go out the the back door and then come back in. It's fine. (laughs) Just lay down under the seat. Live in the theater. Yep. In the walls. Yep. (laughs) Other tidbits from the interview included a paranormal investigator who stated that black-eyed children are extremely predatory, relentless, and you cannot let them in or accept their help. Does anything about Brian's story make them seem to be predatory? I mean, that one time, that one line that they said, you you have to invite us in or something, that mm-hmm. just seems yeah. we- a weird thing to say. Um, and the other- But if you're a predator, <laughs> why do you need an invitation to pray? <laughs> And and the other boy that's shifty, looking nervous. Yeah, he's just looking around. He's nervous. Nervous boy and the one that talks. <laughs> They're predators. Maybe maybe they have an honor system. You know, they go by a code. We have to get invited before we do our, our dirty deeds. Unlike you dilapidators that just go into these abandoned buildings and destroy <laughs> Permission. them. Permission. Come on. <laughs> they need to learn from the dilapidators. <laughs> Similar encounters also describe feelings of doom and dread and reinforce that the children are asking for help. The final thing Brian says is to the effect of, while there has never been a confirmed death at the hands of uh, this entity of black-eyed children, what of all the people that we have not heard of, the ones who have opened their doors for black-eyed children, what has come of them? Let's, Let's break down these last parts, Angel. Get that hard hat out once again because we are entering the breakdown zone. They appear to have powers of hypnotism or heightened persuasion. But to what end? What is what is the purpose of the black-eyed children? What is their agenda? The internet, man. AOL was a big thing back then, and they were against it. They're trying to stop people from paying their internet bills. I mean, there are arguments to be made that the internet was a mistake. <laughs> they, they were onto something. They had... Uh, ironically, they had an AOL chat room where the other like-minded children would gather in different parts of the country, and they would plot out their. Uh, I know, I know, you know, 
Jenny is about to pay her internet, and they're like, "Okay, you're gonna have to stop that." And, and they all <laughs> stalk her in the parking lot, wait until she writes her check, go up to her window, knock on the door, and hypnotize her. <laughs> yep, and 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 say, "Invite me in, or else." <laughs> yep, try to distract them to take them away. From their action of what they're trying to complete. Yeah, just, just they're, do, they're errand stoppers. Do anything to get them to forget about paying the internet. Everything <laughs> else is just a red herring. This this concept of being extremely predatory. Why? <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> I think I uh, <laughs> only thing I can think of is is children being creepy in movies. And that's mm-hmm. become a thing. A very Children of the Corn, yeah. Omen sort of scenario. What's it? The Village of the Damned? Yeah, it's very much a, like, <laughs> between, like, the 60s to, like, late 80s. A lot of children are bad guys uh, scenarios. Like, a, a flip on the inherently good within children to, you know what? They're they're just jackasses <laughs> <laughs> that can kill you. And I don't know the the extremely predatory part in in these stories. It's a hard one for me to comprehend. Is this is this some sort of entity that just depicts itself as a child to lure you in, almost like some sort of fae creature attempting to, you know, lure you in with deception? Are they are they eating people? Well, so, <laughs> it seems that some people believe they might be demons. Mm-hmm. And apparently, demons need to be invited in. So that kind of goes what? goes in line with, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, according, demons. This is from mysticcurious.com. Demons need an open door or a portal that is some kind of an entry point into a person's life. They cannot enter, possess, or torment without that individual's permission. The, uh, what? I have I have never heard that because why would someone invite a demon into their into their body? Like, I don't know, but I've seen a lot of movies where a lot of people are are, are doing rituals to to summon some sort of demon. I suppose, but <laughs> are they they're not inviting that demon into into them, they're inviting them into the into this plane of existence, right? Well, there is the whole evocation and invocation thing in witchcraft. I think it's evocation where they're trying to bring the thing. But invocation is they're trying to take the qualities of the thing into them. Mm. Trying to imbue themselves with the powers of the demon rather than summoning the demon into reality. Yeah. Why would you summon a child, though? (laughs) Well, that one. Or the qualities of a child. (laughs) (laughs) To disrupt the internet <laughs> i mean why well, i don't know what it really reasons so is this ambiguity of their purpose like the linchpin of what makes them interesting i would i would say yes because that that's one of the many things that happens when i'm watching some kind of horror show or movie or anything where there's some sort of thing that's like why is this happening and it never gets explained. And then finally, when they do come up with an explanation, I'm like, no, I didn't want to really know. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. When, like, 
Like the frickin' midi-chlorians in Star Wars. Like, no one wanted midi-chlorians. What's, what's the force? Oh, it's it's these things in your blood. No, 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 no. What are you talking? Like, stop. Don't do that. <laughs> like, no one asked for that, George. <laughs> Here's this scene of exposition to explain the force, and you're going to like it, damn it. It's poetry. He says it's poetry. <laughs> I feel like... I feel like Lucas, he he made a film. It's like a one-hit wonder type thing, but as a filmmaker, and he just hit gold by accident. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he just kept trying to make movies, and it's like, oh, they're they're not that great. That was just that <laughs> one movie he made, and people loved it so goddamn much. They're like, I can take they're it. Willing it's, to it's... look past, yeah, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Is is for the black eyed children, is just being mysterious good enough to pretty much be the only interesting aspect of the entity? Like this is so far a very bare bones entity, and it just seems to be ooh mysterious. Like is that good enough for a, an entity to have their own feet to stand on? I feel that there should be some sort of like every thing that i've seen is just there's the sense of evil or some bad aura coming yeah. from them doom and dread but we never really get anything bad happening it's always children asking for help and people saying don't don't <laughs> don't accept their help and it's like it just seems cruel <laughs> get the hell out of here you delinquents <laughs> you dumb kids <laughs> give me the heebie-jeebies <laughs> so Knowing a bit about where the Black Eyed Children story originated, let us now look at where they have gone. Immediately after Brian reported about his story, he says other people started to contact him about having very similar encounters. And in the process, the aura of Black Eyed Children had expanded quite a lot beyond his experience. In the book, The Cultural Construction of Monstrous Children, what a goddamn title, it is stated Bethel's account is the general blueprint for these encounters, though the children are often encountered through a knock on one's household door rather than a car window. Their clothes are often described as ill-fitting or old-fashioned. In the very few cases where BEKs have been let in, they have left behind a foul odor, and their appearance coincides with serious auto accidents, death, and in one case, a severe skin disease with no known cause. One internet account describes the invited children as saying they had come to collect the person. The aftermath of seeing a BEK often includes nightmares, a terror of going out or revisiting the place that they were encountered, and sometimes, Angel, even religious conversion in a non-spiritual person. How do you interpret this? Are they... Are they cursed beings of some sort that are so dreadful they make a person seek God? Are they the personification of a curse? <laughs> I think at this point, yes. What I don't understand is the worst thing that has happened by letting them in is either death, <laughs> uh, an accident, or a severe skin disease, or becoming religious. How is that equated? No. The foul odor, too. Well, I mean, that's not the worst thing. 
That's the the word. Foul odors. <laughs> I gotta get some aerosol sprays to clear this uh, out. I gotta I gotta spray in the air and 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 be, go like, join God or something because somehow like those kids rub me the wrong way. Yep. And one of them was Pigpen from Charlie Brown, <laughs> and he a, a dust of dirt followed him around. It's 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 a strange, like, I feel like if you have accidents and death, that there shouldn't be anything else. Like, oh, and they smell bad. Oh, and you become religious. Like, what? What are you doing? This encounter was so harrowing. <laughs> I I had to seek God. Is as far as like the auto accidents. Is this like a a little sliver of Mothman, like Harbinger of Doom? It's a, I guess it's a variant, right? Because you could see them and you know nothing bad's gonna happen as long as you don't invite them in. Yeah, as long as you don't speak to them, don't don't engage, don't, engage. don't make contact, just, just ignore the troll. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know more about the severe skin disease of no known cause. Like, how how'd they relate it to the kids? Well, did he get like touched on the arm or something? I could tell you what that skin disease is. It's cancer. What? <laughs> uh, I have a, an article here that kind of goes in depth about the the Becks, as I like to call them. <laughs> this is a, a, a an encounter that happened in in a rural town in Virginia. They they don't name the town, but I guess rural town in Virginia is good enough for us. <laughs> <laughs> that narrows it down. <laughs> And a couple, uh, it's a couple, they hear a strange knock on their door at 2 a.m. So, first of all, what's a strange knock sound like? At at 2 a.m., I don't know if a strange knock is waking me up. <laughs> well, I guess a strange knock is, is, is an odd pattern, like, <laughs> or something. Shaving a haircut. <laughs> so, they open the door and notice two kids asking to come in to use the phone. Cool. <laughs> 2 a.m. Sure. So the wife said, it says here, the wife had an inner feeling to not bring them in, but she does anyway. So Ugh. this is like Eve taking the apple, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that, that dumb woman. <laughs> she, it's all her fault. <laughs> she fixes up some hunk. Actually, we, we're going to have to come back to that now that you say that, because this is funny. She fixes up some hot cocoa and she when she overhears her husband talking to them. The, he had asked something, and they respond with, "Our parents will be here soon." And the wife notices the pupils in their eyes are as pitch are pitch black. And then she, they ask to go to the restroom, and they go there. And then she tells the husband, "Did you notice their eyes?" And he says, "Yes, I did." Then, suddenly, the husband's nose begins to bleed, <laughs> and then the power goes out, and the husband screams in terror. Noticing the kids standing at the end of the hallway in which they say, our parents are here. Ooh, <laughs> ominous. The kids cut the power. <laughs> and, and then the kids leave the house because their parents were here. And they Wait, what? Uh, That's it? Well, <laughs> the couple notices tall men about six feet in black colored suits. And then... Wait, six feet is tall? Like, that's... That would... That you're just... That, that's the attribute they describe them as, as tall at six feet. Like, I was expecting, like, seven two. <laughs> as time passed, the husband was diagnosed with aggressive skin cancer. Okay. 
Why not the the wife as well? Why does why they target only him? He didn't. He wasn't the one that invited them in. <laughs> and, and then it says the kind of melanoma that the husband was diagnosed with mostly happens with people that commonly use tanning beds or are aggressively outside. What does it mean to be aggressively outside? <laughs> Angel, stop! You're aggressively going outside. You have to protect yourself. Well, well, the wife is not without problems she began to suffer dizzy spells nosebleeds and other illnesses so they can't even be bothered to tell us what illnesses those were <laughs> just generic illnesses did their angel did their house have mold <laughs> her advice is lock your doors call the police and wait for the morning so if two if the children just come knocking at your door at two in the morning call the police and say no you're staying out there <laughs> You're not, you're not giving me cancer. You're giving me cancer. Aggressive how their, how cancer. Their parents, how their parents show up so quick? The neighbors? The, the tall six-foot men. A very uh, progressive couple back then. Yes. For the story. <laughs> um, aggressive. There was an aggressively outside man. Aggressively I just picture outside. him going outside and like... The sunlight makes him rage. <laughs> just just walking with that. Like, oh, I hate being outside. He's digging in his garden, just screaming at the top of his lungs. God damn earth. Spins and just throws the shovel. Just cuz. Oh, man. All because she invited them in. Yep. And she makes some hot cocoa at 2 a.m. I think these I think these people were just wide awake at the time. <laughs> They're just like, hey, we can't go to see. Hey, who's knocking at the door? <laughs> that was a that was a strange knock <laughs> upon my door. Two in the morning. Even if I'm wide awake at two in the morning, I'm not opening the door for anybody. <laughs> Hell no! You ignore the knocks. <laughs> as far back back to this description in this book. Uh, what do you think causes the horrible odor? I think I think it's like you said, pig pen. Um, they just they don't they're some bo. <laughs> they're like orphan child children or something that just don't bathe. <laughs> just got out of the coal mine. <laughs> uh, hard day's work. Child labor. How about the the requirements of consent? So, would this have to be some sort of unspoken? mystical rule that they need to they need permission to enter or like you said earlier they just have their own like code of conduct well i mean i've seen the internet talk about like they could be demons but nobody mentioned vampires don't they also have to be invited in maybe these kids are vampires that don't feed the they're energy vampires oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that give you diseases <laughs> yes as far as this whole Needing permission to enter your property. It got me thinking, Angel. Maybe these, these black-eyed children, these becks, as you call them, are just asking all the wrong questions. So, what are your top five best things an evil, possibly demonic child should ask an unsuspecting homeowner to deceptively gain access to their property? Well, from what we learned, knock on their door at two in the morning. <laughs> That'll get you in real quick. May I have some cocoa? <laughs> well, let's see. Um, well, the first one I thought of is, I think, um, pretty... Well, first of all, you got to come looking panicked. You know, you don't want to give them 
any suspicion and just just be like, help, this man wants to touch me. Yeah. Can you provide shelter? A, a, a lot of them show up very calmly. <laughs> their their diction is, is matter of fact and unsettling. <laughs> like... It's like a uh, be freaking out. It's like somebody pretending to be a child and not knowing how to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like those old memes of like uh, medieval paintings that show like a, a a dog being painted, and it's like has this person <laughs> just knows the concept of a dog has never seen one, and they just paint one. It's like a an entity that became a child that has no idea what a child is. Yep, just a small human. <laughs> The next one, I figured. Let me, let me say uh, something a little bit more modern. Something that my uh, modern audiences might relate to. It says, the kid will, you know, knock on the door and say, "Mom dropped me off and told me that you are my real father. Can I use your phone? God. Can I can I use your phone <laughs> to call who? <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> At that point, the father's so shocked. He's like, whoa, whoa, what? He's <laughs> gotta let him in." <laughs> It's my child. <laughs> that might not my always. Mom dropped me off and told me you're my father. Can I use your phone? <laughs> Is everything always end? Can I use your phone? <laughs> I was going to go that route, but then I decided something else instead. <laughs> can I use your teapot to make hot cocoa? Can I, can I watch TV? <laughs> no. Can you educate me? <laughs> Well, uh, no, I don't have that one in there, but the next one is, I'm lost and scared. Can I warm up inside? I'm lost and scared. <laughs> I'm naked and afraid. <laughs> Can you help me? See, we're, we're giving these black-eyed children great, great advice, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, on the, in the same vein, it's, uh, well... Maybe it's not in the same vein, but this one goes, Mother, I am good now. Please, will you let me in? (laughs) Implying the the woman's your mother (laughs) that you don't know. And and that she's, you know, punished him by leaving him outside. Are they, like, hypnotizing that, uh, or, like, playing with her that she forgot she has a child? Possibly, possibly. (laughs) You know, you gotta go that route trying to... See if they fall for it, you know? Like some memento memory loss. <laughs> Gotta put post-it notes on your body about, I have a black-eyed <laughs> child <laughs> that I send outside every night. <laughs> who, who are these black-eyed children's parents? <laughs> the the six-foot-tall man. Go out at 2 a.m. and go start knocking on people's doors. <laughs> and... Uh, I think this is my favorite. This is direct, no, uh, no nonsense. I, in no way, shape, or form, want to do any bad or evil to you. Invite me in, pretty please. <laughs> I don't have a gun. <laughs> <laughs> you, you missed a, a, a grand opportunity. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm selling checkbooks. Do you want <laughs> to purchase one? Do you need to? May pay? I come in and talk about them? Do you need to pay your internet? <laughs> So theories on this thing range from them being fae creatures, demons, changelings, chemically induced hallucinations, jinn, ghosts, aliens, and then the book Paranormal Parasites by ya boy Nick Redfern gives us this great line. 
We should also give a significant amount of thought to the idea that the black-eyed children are the unholy offspring of ancient Lilith. And then proceeds to not expand or give any significant amount of thought to that statement. It's just a one-line paragraph, and I don't know what the hell that's about or how it made it past any decent editor. Any of those theories tickle your fancy. Well, clearly the Lilith one is is the the best one, right? Because since he didn't expand on it, it leaves the reader up to uh, uh, expanding it on their own with mm-hmm. whatever you want. <laughs> I think, and it's front loaded with. We should give a significant amount of thought to this idea, <laughs> like it's the the holy grail of ideas, and it's so ambiguous that you have to, you know, uh, take it at like at its heavy value that this this could be the the missing link. Yeah, yeah, I think that's uh, the Nick Redfern way. Did any of the uh, other ones besides Lilith sound intriguing? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm still, I, I keep going back to the demon thing because mm-hmm. I like, uh, you know, I found that Mystic Curious website talking about how demons need to be invited in, and it also lists uh, powers of the demon. So let's see if, uh, if these demons match with the what we know about these children, these backs. <laughs> So it's uh so it, the list of power uh, or abilities it says is pretty much getting uh, getting it off from the Bible. So it's got uh, different uh, chapters and verses listed. So I'm not gonna list them. I'm just gonna list the, the actual abilities that it says. So power to torment mentally and physically. I mean, you can take that as hypnotism for the mental mm-hmm. the mental part. Physically though. I don't know if uh, these children have done any physical tormenting. Mm-hmm. I didn't see any reports of. And then it says, uh, "I guess the the cancer thing." Oh yeah, I mean after the fact. I mean, who knows? It's like, <laughs> oh, I encountered a child and suddenly I have cancer. Like, who who, who says that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you're getting like real biblical with like lesions and stuff, <laughs> like boils upon your skin. <laughs> This the next one is purposeful deception create false reality. Mm-hmm. So it seems like it, it, here's it. Yeah, matches. This one I have to say it because it makes it's interesting. This is a Corinthians. It says disguised as good spirits. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing children can be considered good spirits. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, Traditionally, too, as well as like in things like ghost hunting, it's often described as if you do see a uh, a child entity, that it is a a demon posing as a child to lure you in, to lure you in to like attach itself to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 very, leaning very hard towards the demon theory, uh, mm-hmm. producing insanity and have great physical strength. Well, we don't know anything about that. These kids don't ever get a chance to show their strength. <laughs> so people just close the doors. <laughs> this one's interesting. Power over nature. I don't know what that means. They're like geomancers. <laughs> like control the weather. I don't know. I, I think I think we should take a, a note and start producing more Beck stories with with these elements in them. 
it mm-hmm. starts to rain suddenly and the children appear <laughs> like storm <laughs> <laughs> power over the human body uh, it uses this example of Satan producing painful bolts or welts diseases <gasps> aggressive cancer yep. <laughs> nosebleeds dumbness blindness epilepsy and attempted murder well I don't think whoa <laughs> we don't want him. dumbness <laughs> We, we don't have anything of that coming from these children, but everything else seems to be fitting. Mm-hmm. Multiple possession. Uh, who knows? Because uh, maybe that's another thing when you invite them in. They're trying to possess you. Convulsions, child possession and mauling, animal possession, a limited provision of the future or fortune telling, anger, great strength and power. So these a lot of these things are repeating now, but they kind of are kind of. Say similar it things. Floats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can travel. I like this one. Can travel from from one realm to another. Well, that I mean, going back to Brian's, the very first example, when he drives away and looks in his and mirror, and the children are gone. Yeah. They're gone. <laughs> Just poof. Ability to remove thoughts, implant thoughts, and manipulate the mind. I mean, the more I read, the more I'm thinking these these black eyed children are demons. Mm-hmm. Can and. Can take human Angel, form. I think the the biggest one, the foul odor. Traditionally, demonic forces leave like a brimstone or sulfurous scent behind uh, wherever they go. So that that does it. Another checkbox. <laughs> that does it. They're demons. Uh, do you have any other theories or anything else to add before we go into the rubric of power for Bex? Yeah, uh, this is just all fiction, creative fiction, and uh, Brian did a good job of. Pulling a Slenderman, I guess. <laughs> Before it was cool. <laughs> we uh, can trace the origins of of uh, Beck to, to this man back in 96. However, this website, scarenormal.com, seems to make the claim that the origin, it says the origin of black-eyed kids is not quite clear. So it seems to make the claim that Black-eyed children have been around since even before Brian mentioned them, uh, attributing them to ancient Iroquois lore of these children called Otcon, which sounds almost like Otacon. I was going to say it sounds like a Decepticon, <laughs> like the newest mega boss for the Decepticons. An Otcon is a term used to describe evil or negative entities that try to enter this dimension and try to possess the living. And then it goes on to say that the Indians of Mohawk Valley believed that the evil power of Otcon was an entity that took the form of a reptilian humanoid. Oh, wow. Reptilian. <laughs> the, the reptilians are here now involved with the BEKs. The Indians called this entity the evil minded one, and this entity would try to mate with unsuspecting women. Son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) The result of the entity mating with the women was an offspring with soulless black eyes and pale, chalkish skin. The infant, however, was killed at birth and burnt to prevent the infant from coming back to life. This was always done by the tribe elders, and the infants never lived past two days. I honestly don't know how much of this is actually true. I I do not have (laughs) a single... 
fiber Source? in my being that believes <laughs> any of this. Mm-hmm. I'd have, I mean, I haven't had the time to do a deep dive, but just, just reading this, I'm like, I don't know how true this is. Sounds like pious all over again. <laughs> like, <laughs> have enough details? Eh, it sounds believable. <laughs> However, this this article does have a lot of information on just the black eyed children, like uh, that the children wear outdated clothing. I mm-hmm. don't understand how that came to be because hoodies were a thing in the nineties, and yeah, but yeah, the the one book also mentioned the outdated clothing. Like, uh, I suppose that makes them more like, like, like Amish or something to that effect. Like, I don't know, <laughs> like more more removed from society, removed from technology or yeah. something to that effect. I don't know. This is actually an interesting statement here. It says another notable characteristic of black eyed children is that they wear outdated clothes or clothes that are not right for the current weather. For example, the kids that Brian mentioned were wearing hoodies, yet it was the summer season. Now, Mm -hmm. the thing about that is what a lot of you may not know is that during the 90s, that was a big thing to wear uh, hoodies and sweaters and all that kind of stuff, even when it was hot. Like this was a normal thing. Mm -hmm. In fact, I believe that trend has come back. I, I've mm-hmm. been told that there's a lot of children now that are wearing sweaters, even though it's hot as hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I was coming home the other day and I saw a woman wearing a, a coat, a, a scarf, a, a winter hat, <laughs> and it was 92 degrees outside. Oh <laughs> I was like, how are you not passing out? <laughs> but she looked happy. I <laughs> Um, it goes on to say that they're demanding and pushy. Um, they can be found in deserted or abandoned places. They speak rather oddly. Dilapidated buildings. And it even has an FAQ section. Are black eyed children evil? And it goes on to say, well, <laughs> you can tell that they're evil because they feel evil. There's an aura of evilness <laughs> to them. Doom and dread. <laughs> Disrupt or affect electrical gadgets and exhibit psychic powers. What? <laughs> they they got they, EMP they, pulses? They got light, light flickers, I guess. <laughs> I suppose it happened to that family when the power got cut. <laughs> yeah. and Like in freaking C-Lab in the Tin Fins episode, they cut the power. Yes. And then the next section, the next question is, should I let black-eyed children to come in? And it says in big bold letters, no, do not let them in. Just leave them alone. I like how that's in the frequently asked questions. <laughs> Should I let this entity in? I mean, really, is there any paranormal entity that it knocks on your door and you say, sure, this looks safe. Come inside. And and I find it interesting that if an entity wants to disguise itself as a child and say, yeah, I'm... I look innocent and everyone will not suspect me at all. So why have black eyes? Like, that's going to give it away. <laughs> it's like the freaking X-Files with the aliens in their eyes. <laughs> the oil, <laughs> yep. It's, it's, it's just funny to me. I, I, I wonder, I'm sure by 96, that, uh, that season already was full force in, in the X-Files. Did, uh, did, uh, Brian did that influence Brian? Possibly. That that black oil is everywhere. 
So why don't we do it? Why don't we jump into the rubric of power? So Angel, tell me what you have for the powers of black-eyed children. So their powers, um, they're not many, but I gathered what I could. <laughs> I suppose unless you consider them a demon, then they got a plethora. Yeah, I, I, I thought I would leave that separate. I figured maybe if they're demons, I can include this. But just just by the black-eyed children part alone, they I consider this a power, an air of dread. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I mean, I guess that could be affect somebody. Um, evil aura. I don't know if that's the same thing as an air, air of dread. <laughs> uh, very different things. <laughs> um, I, I did put down disrupt electrical gadgets or an electrical facilities. So, so is it just specifically the gadgets <laughs> and not like a whole power grid? <laughs> I imagine a, a grid, is, a power grid is just a big gadget. <laughs> big gadget. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. And when you uh, when you apply the word gadget, that, that <laughs> means there's some sort of line that has to be crossed where your powers no longer affect it. It's like is is it the denotation of gadget or the connotation of gadget? Of eh, we're just sort of throwing this out there. <laughs> you know, you know how how I feel about about non-aggressive entities, <laughs> despite the fact. But they're extremely predatory. Despite the fact that their people are telling me they're predatory and. There's an instance of them at least causing cancer. I mean, we don't even know if they caused cancer. They, it was they left. Their parents came. Their quote unquote parents came. They left. And then time passes. I don't know what that means. A year, 15 years. And then the husband gets cancer. Later, like, what the hell? The house is paid off. <laughs> They're like, he's on his deathbed and then suddenly he gets cancer. It's like, I don't know. So. Um, I mean, it, it couldn't have been the, the years of aggressively being outside. <laughs> um, so I don't know if I consider them an aggressive entity or not, but just based on the fact that everyone wants me to believe that they're somehow evil and they just man, they're all smart enough to say, no, don't come in. I gave them a two... Wow. Okay. I found a list that included manipulation, shape-shifting, and a question mark after it. So possibly shape-shifting. Dark magic, angel, invulnerability. (laughs) Oh, my God. I guess I can't shoot him. (laughs) Stealth, stalking. And madness inducement. Uh, so first, I don't, I don't know how stalking can be a power. That's more of just a, a thing that's done. <laughs> but that's besides the point. The point is, all the stories I saw pretty much show the victims not succumbing to the powers of the Black God children. So clearly, the powers are not that you know great. For me, I, I landed on a one for the powers of Black God children. Wow. How about the Wow. <laughs> how about the detectability of black eyed children? So I I think this is kind of obvious. Um you see some children, they're knocking at your door at two in the morning, and they've got pitch black eyes. Detected. <laughs> <laughs> I mean you can't not spot them, even though um a a Brian, it seems, didn't really note their black eyes until later in the story. Yeah, it's the last thing that he saw, and he says, like, hell nah, and he 
he left without paying his internet, and I'm out of here. Probably, Come back they tomorrow. They probably were hidden behind the hoodie. Maybe that was keeping him from mm-hmm. seeing it. Yeah, they had the hoods up. So, but yeah, uh, these these little these black eyed children, their their backs are easily detectable. I give them a one. Yeah, they they literally announce their presence by knocking. <laughs> like, I I didn't see any encounters where they like. They didn't do that, and they have to invite themselves in, really, to do anything. So, uh, I I went, like, Wolpertinger here, Angel. I gave it a zero for detectability. Ooh. How about the lore and mystique of Black Eyed Children? Lore and mystique. Um, this is, we talked about this earlier, where I am a fan of the whole... Uh, n- knowing less about them and not knowing what their agenda is. So that raises the mystique for me. In terms of the lore, there's not really much behind them other than where did they come from? We don't know. Uh, they're just there. They could be demons. They could be jinns or uh, some uh, other dimensional being. <laughs> Just they're all Mothman. <laughs> they're mm-hmm. all the same thing. I gave it a two point seven five. Okay. For for something that pretty much got the the rocket strapped to it from an email that Brian Bethel sent out to friends and then sent out and then spread out into the internet, it is amazing how much this actually did spread. I honestly think it was just a weird encounter that he had with some kids and it was and after that it just absolutely spread and people are like you know what that sounds fun i had an encounter like that too (laughs) (laughs) um it was it has morphed into this very fae like entity that potentially is a shapeshifter that stalks people for some unknown reason so like you said the there's ambiguity out there that makes them more mysterious it is shrouded in mystery and could potentially be the most mysterious entity that we have looked at so far so it has a lot going on. It is very much like become a creepy pasta, like upper echelon entity because it is such an easy thing to write about. Uh, just some creepy kids show up, and then this is the after effect. Like their their fathers showed up, and <laughs> then they all left. Like since nothing actually happened in the immediate encounter, that's sort of creepy. Yeah. So there's a lot of different scenarios that can work with that. So I landed on a three above average for it, Lauren Mystique. How about the this will be oh, the the controversial one, the cunning and intelligence of Black Eyed Children. <laughs> uh, it is controversial, and I'll tell you why. Because in the past we've talked about how I believe all human humanoid cryptids or creatures will always get a four, an automatic four from me because they, they all have the human intelligences to, to be manipulative or deviant or whatever. But based on what we've learned about these becks, I don't, I don't see that intelligence. I'm not seeing oh. them being cunning. They're, they're using the same tactics and failing and, and they're not changing their ways. <laughs> 
Well, you're we're only hearing of the ones that failed. Is the argument? Well, the ones that we the one that one that we know that they were let in, they weren't <laughs> even uh, they didn't use any tactics. The woman even felt that they were weird, but she decided to uh, mm-hmm. ignore those uh, gut feelings. Yep. And they called their parents, went to the bathroom, and left. <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone else is suffering nosebleeds and and yep. death. Oh shit. Um, yeah, so I don't know. It's, I gave them a 1.5. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, con- that is controversial <laughs> because I fell on, they can talk. Their entire deal is manipulation and deception. So I gave them a four Ooh. for cunning and intelligence. So finally, how about the impact on pop culture of, I got you done. I think... Well, yeah, I know um, children have been evil in movies for be- since before Brian's story. But I think Brian's story is unique in the fact that I think no, the children were never depicted with dark eyes in the past. And it's a slow burn. I think it's it started to get more and more popular as time went on. Um, I learned about a Kickstarter funding for a movie that was done Mm -hmm. in 2012 i think it was last i checked i don't remember what the year was but it was sometime in the 2000s that they made a black eyed children film so i think it's it's becoming more and more they're becoming more and more popular there i actually would like to see more media incorporating black eyed children because you see children being creepy in movies i feel like that's a tired trope but now uh, I think it would revive it if you start seeing the black-eyed children and, and their monotones and they're uh, trying to uh, speak weird, their funny dictions or whatever it is, <laughs> and how people interpret them. I give it a 2.3. For a bit, it took the internet by storm. I think probably the peak popularity of black-eyed children, if I had to guess, would be like the early 2010s. Um, like I said, they've become a, a creepy pasta staple. There were a lot of fan-made YouTube videos that are out there of just sort of a, a short film of an encounter with a black-eyed child. Um, a whole movie that, as you mentioned, that's similar to Brian's encounter. There is a comic book that tells the story, um, sort of like an origin story of, of BEKs that you become a black-eyed child if, they, if a child murders their parents is the the lore in that series luckily angel no beer named after these so the streak of no beers being named after children entities continues which is a good thing uh so i ended up uh falling on an impact of on pop culture for a two adequate so then i had a total of 10 for my score on black eyed children's where did you land I landed on a 10.39. What a odd number. <laughs> <laughs> that gives us a total score from the rubric of power for black-eyed children, a 10.195. Sounds like a season one score. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, when it comes to children, they beat out green children <laughs> by... Uh, like four point. I don't even know how to say this. Four points plus the 
five in the I don't know how that works. The hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, four point five hundredths of a point. <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> um. Yeah, these these. If we put them uh, black eyed children with green children to fight, who would win? I, I would have to go BEKs because the G. SCs, <laughs> green skinned children. The GSCs, uh, one of them was already like pretty much dying, <laughs> and the other one was like riddled. I'm I'm sure those kids were just riddled with parasites. <laughs> so I don't think they would have put up much of a fight. If we're talking like post, directly post Wolf Pit, uh, black BEKs are they're whooping that ass. Um, I would agree with you, except I feel like they have a secret weapon that the BEKs don't know about. It's their beans, their love of beans. They could probably <laughs> toss some beans over, and then the the, the their demon children are forced to pick them up. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> their demon OCD says, I have to pick up all these beans and put them back in a bag. Uh, I thought you were going to say they had their friend Peter the Hugger, <laughs> the... The man that found them and brought them to the night. Uh, they have the greatest guardsman of the wolf pit there by their side. Well, I mean, he would probably fight now that they're picking up beans. Uh-huh. Distracted. Uh, would he would he attempt to hug the BEKs, though? After Before he yells at them, but then, of course, hugs them. I guess that's uh, another matter we're going to have to discuss. Can the hugger? <laughs> put this in one of your simulations. Gonna work out the math on this one. Mm-hmm. Out to the hundreds <laughs> of the point. Well, I suppose. I mean, we haven't done it in a long time. I don't even remember exactly what the segment was called. Maybe amalgamation corner. Maybe amalgamation. Since the BEKs uh, didn't do so well, what would you add to them to make them better, make them stronger, make them faster? Well, for a start, I'd make them more aggressive like that cancer. <laughs> Just give them, like, they emanate, like, x-rays or something, gamma rays that give you cancer. Now, in order to do that, well, maybe we don't have, I don't think we have any cryptids that emanate cancer rays. <laughs> Not that I recall. Maybe, like, mix That'd be very, that'd be very unique, specialized, well... Uh, no, I retract that up. Uh, All the cursed Flatwoods signs. monster. Oh. I think, I think after that thing landed, people reported having cancer. I think it was some sort of effects they were feeling, yeah. Because didn't that thing like shoot out like pretty much mustard <laughs> gas at the, Something like at that. the kids? Like a fog. <laughs> oh, it was a fog. It was a, <laughs> specifically a, a odorous <laughs> fog. <laughs> such a funny word i mean i don't want to go full on and amalgamate it with a slender man that's just silly then it's just like it's parents really <laughs> that showed up slender man in a suit <laughs> hello children i've come to pick you it's up it's funny because when you did mention the children or the parents showing up for some reason i, I pictured them well dressed like sort of men in blackish yeah i mean when any weird entities is expecting their parents to show up you always see them well dressed 
That's a trope. <laughs> a well-known trope. I think I think I'd amal- amalgamate them with La Llorona. <laughs> so they're searching for their own children? Yep. <laughs> oh, no. And then they lure, they're able to successfully lure somebody to their doom instead of failing all the time. They're finally going to get David. <laughs> David, poor David. The first thing that popped into my head to add them, to, to amalgamate them with, to make them the possibly formidable foe, but still not really do anything, is to mix them with, Angel, the hopscotch gobbos. <laughs> the Hopkins, Hopkinsville goblins, because they could, rather than just showing up and knocking, they could slowly levitate towards the house, <laughs> knock, announce their presence, <laughs> take a whole barrage of bullets, and then leave. as <laughs> if <said>, nothing happened. <laughs> so... Rather than trying to deplete people of their internet funds, <laughs> they're depleting people of their ammunition, <laughs> forcing them to buy more and more ammunition. So they're, I guess, they're ammunition lobbyists in this amalgamated world. What is their agenda there? Just <laughs> get people to buy more ammo. <laughs> waste your bullets on us, and then go yeah. buy more ammo and keep wasting your bullets mm-hmm. on us. They're economic drivers. Come on. <laughs> gonna get us out of this recession <laughs> perhaps the becks are just uh agents of the government trying to move their mi their mini mibs <laughs> trying to move the go- the economy along <laughs> by not paying your internet bill you got to pay the late fee now and that goes to the government <laughs> <laughs> they collect the eight dollar late fee so the becks have been put to bed Hopefully by their parents <laughs> and not by you letting them in. Don't give them the hot cocoa. Don't even make it. Don't even look at them. Don't e- don't acknowledge. Don't acknowledge the children with the black eyes. Go ahead and finish writing out that check to good old Twitter.com. I thought you were gonna say don't answer the door for black eyed children when they knock, but answer that door on Twitter. <laughs> God, I would never say that. Unless it's on Twitter.com, where you can find us at Cracking Curios. That is our handle, as a lot of people used to say. (laughs) We're talking 90s here, so we're going to use 90s terminology. You can tweet at us. Maybe there's a cryptid you guys want to hear about in the near future. Not now, because we already have our set list. But in the future, maybe. Um, and you can include the hashtag cracked cryptids or maybe cracked children. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. <laughs> cracked children. I don't, well, don't want to search that hashtag at all. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I don't don't touch that one. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram at cracking cryptids. Guess what? We've been posting a lot more on Instagram. That's right. If you haven't noticed... On Twitter, we have been posting every day. And on Instagram, we have been posting our memes mostly for you to enjoy. We also have an email, crackingcryptidsandcurios at gmail.com. Again, email existed in the 90s. It's the the, the 90s technology, except it's older than that. But (laughs) it was all the rage back then. All the rage. And 
as for our podcast itself, you can find us on any platform that hosts or provides the podcast for you to listen to. Um, I usually stop naming them, but just as a reminder, there's Amazon, Stitcher, Audible, Podbean, Spotify. We're on Spotify. I'm sure you're all familiar with our sign-off by now. So I give you, I leave you all this. Please, sir, it's cold outside. Let me in. This has been an I am actually traveling back into time production. That's right. I make biofuels. <laughs>